When I lived down south, one of the first things I heard was how much the south had changed from its previous reputation. No longer was it a place that was oozing racism. And even though there were problems, look how much progress we have made. On the surface, that was certainly true. And I never saw the reputation the South was infamous for in my serving as a rabbi there. I never heard anything from anyone except respect, admiration, and famous Southern politeness. The South was not the same place as it was in the 40s. I believed that because I simply didn't know better. Rather, I have come to see that what was really going on was a conscious repression of racism by far too many of my acquaintances. I came to understand that we Jews clustered together in our synagogues and our summer camps to not just have shared experiences, but also to escape the racial inequalities, the covert anti-Semitism, and the wink-wink culture that places white Christian men and women above all others and ultimately in control of all others. The truth is that any culture does not lose such a powerful self-image in one or two generations. The simple truth remains that for too many people, racism simply exists and is taught, reinforced, and whispered in subtle and not-so-subtle ways. I guess that when too many celebrate their cultural background with the Confederate symbol of owning black people, that should have been a dead giveaway. So it does not surprise me that so many states have continued the process of silencing black and Latino and Asian voices. The voter repression laws signed into law in the so-called New South State of Georgia forever stains that state's, quote, new reputation, unquote, as somehow enlightened. It isn't. The legislature could not get away with any of it if it wasn't supported by the population, and that is just a fact. What really struck me about this particular state law is that the people who claim to be such holy Christians fully support that part of the law that says no one can offer or supply food or water to anyone standing in line waiting to vote. I suppose I could quote the Torah to them and say, do not oppress a hired hand who is poor and needy, whether one of your brothers or one of the foreigners residing within your town or in your land. Or maybe just read any of the Jewish prophets and see how they railed against injustice and hypocrisy and, frankly, would be disgusted if they could see the way this country deals with and has always dealt with minorities. Or maybe I would quote their New Testament to them and remind them that Jesus said, For I was hungry and you fed me, I was thirsty and you gave me drink, I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. But the truth is, friends, I would be wasting my time. They won't listen. And why? Because for them, God is white and hates everybody except them. For reasons solely of cruelty and to make sure minorities have no voice in the direction of their own lives, the so-called new Georgia is exactly the same as the old Georgia. Only this time, the master is withholding water from the people he deems as subhuman. There's no other way to explain it.
not allowing people to get water from one another while in the process of determining their own future, is the new symbol of the state. Perhaps somebody withholding a water bottle from somebody of color should have been on their new flag instead. Which reminds me of the story of the Talmud. Rabbi Joshua ben Levi, who lived in the first half of the third century, was visited by the prophet Elijah. And he asked him, when will the Messiah come? And the prophet said to him, ask him. The Messiah is at the gates of Rome, sitting among the poor and the wretched and the sick. Like them, he changes the binding of his wounds, but he does so one wound at a time in order to be ready at a moment's notice. And then Joshua went to Rome and he met the Messiah and he greeted him and he said, Oh, peace be upon thee, master and teacher. And the Messiah replied, Peace be upon thee, O son of Levi. And Joshua then asked, When will you be coming? And the answer was today. Joshua went back to Elijah and he asked what the Messiah meant. And he said, Peace be upon thee, O son of Levi, Joshua replied. And Elijah told him, that that meant that he and his father would have a place in the world to come. Joshua then said that the Messiah had not told him the truth because he had promised to come today, but had not. And Elijah explained, this is what he said to you. The Messiah will come today if you would simply listen to his voice. Friends, any state that hides behind legalese to deny someone even a drink of water deserves no praise ever. This isn't politics as usual. This is the politics of revisioning the plantation and antebellum American. It has no future, but it is a miserable present for too many people. And if the Messiah sits among them, God help the state of Georgia.